think is that correct yeah <laughs> and so uh, we'll call our meeting to order and we'll get started roll call please thank you chair G uh, prior to taking roll I would like to note for the record that director El Tawanzi will be absent due to a scheduling conflict and we welcome our newly appointed AC transit representative director Sarah Say Syed and with that directors I'll call roll uh, Director Forbes. Present. Forbes present. Director John Baptiste is not here at the moment, but she is expected. Director Lipkin. Present. Lipkin present. Director Syed. Here. Syed present. Director Tumlin. Here. Tumlin present. Vice Chair uh, Mandelman is not here, but is expected. And Chair G. Present. G present. Directors, we have quorum. And I will proceed to the next item. Directors, item three is communications, and we would like to note the process for members of the public to make public comment. Members of the public may comment on the meeting during public comment periods in person or remotely. The call-in line is provided as a courtesy and its availability may be disrupted due to technical difficulties or otherwise. In-person public comment will be taken first, remote public comment will be taken after. The public call-in line is printed on the agenda and dialing instructions should be scrolling at the bottom of the screen on SFGov TV. With that, are there any other communications? I'm not aware of any. I'm gonna take advantage of the opportunity to just say thank you to Director Shaw. Come on, Director Shaw, come on up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to just, I mean, you came all the way here to, you know, I want to thank you for your service on TJPA and for all that you've done and contributed to the board and to the Salesforce Transit Center and to positioning the portal project for success and to wish you well on your next assignment which was on the MTC committee and um, we know where to find you so <laughs> have questions and comments and thoughts as well as you know where to find us if you have advice for the board and, and board members. So I want to thank you publicly for all your service here. Thank you. It's It's been great. I love it. You know, transit's in my heart. So um, I'm really happy to be moving on where I am from the standpoint of what I'm hoping we can accomplish for transit uh, for this region. Um, but it's been really good working on this. Caltrain was where I first started working. So it's been really uh, kind of bringing back lots of memories. And um, I leave you in good hands with Director Syed. So thank you. Thank you, and thank you for showing her the way. And <laughs> welcome to our board. Welcome to this. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'll proceed to the next item. Directors, item four is uh, board of directors, new and old business. And directors, I'm not aware of any. None. Okay. I will proceed. Item five is executive director's report. And we have Executive Director uh, Vandwater who will present. And I would like to note for the record that uh, Director John Baptiste has arrived. Good morning, Directors. Nice to see you. Um, I want to uh, pile on to our Chair's acknowledgement and appreciation for all the service of, of Director Shaw. She joined the TJPA Board in February of 2021 um, and has been a, uh, a ray of sunshine on the Board when bringing warmth and insight and, and um, lots of great uh, 
participation at the TJPA board. I want, to, I want to warn you, once on the board, you're always part of the family, so uh, we may still extend invitations to future openings and events um, at the Salesforce Transit Center. Um, also want to uh, welcome our newest board member, uh, Director Saeed has been, um, Syed, excuse me, uh, has a wealth of experience in Bay Area transportation, has worked for a number of the operators from uh, BART to uh, the Valley Transportation Administration to uh, the City of Oakland, uh, and of, of course represents the AC Transit Board, so welcome, uh, Director Syed. So um, we continue to see uh, great participation in our park. We've got the great summer weather uh, and some, some really fun events up in in the park, you'll be hearing from our facilities director, Ari Walsh, uh, about some recent events that we hosted there for the Pride weekend and a kind of fun one coming up this Sunday uh, in Circus Bella um, uh, in the park. So um, <clears throat> we invite the public to come visit. Uh, you can find out what's happening on our website and with some of our partner websites at the East Cut Community Benefit District, uh, who we share some of the programming responsibilities in the park with. Earlier this week, uh, the San Francisco County Transportation Authority approved our request to allocate $300,000 of Prop AA uh, vehicle registration funds on first reading to fund our wayfinding program at the center. Uh, the funding will be invested in updating the center's important equipment as we implement our digital wayfinding program. As I've previously reported, uh, we have some exciting improvements that are uh, uh, cardinal direction oriented and not just operator logo focused. So if you're not familiar with the Bay Area transit system and you want to head north, east, south, um, or to a particular destination, that's an easier path to go. So uh, I encourage you to come test that out. That is live in some of our um, uh, screens at the facility and we'll be rolling that out system-wide uh, very soon. Um, and we continue to advance the portal, also known as the downtown rail extension. Um, in the Federal Transit Administration's Capital Investment Grant Program. We've got an exciting agenda for you at our next meeting um, where we will be bringing a series of decisions for your authorization to submit that documentation to the FTA, which is a milestone we've been building towards for the better part of two years um, and have made some great technical work for and would position us uh, to be eligible for a future federal appropriation. So I uh, look forward to that discussion at the, at the next meeting. Um, we're tracking various funding opportunities on the federal and state level to ensure our project continues to advance and we uh, uh, combine our, our uh, collective required matching funds. On the federal level, uh, we're preparing an application for the U.S. Department of Transportation's um, recent notice of funding opportunity for the mega grant program under the bipartisan infrastructure law. The application is due on August 21st. Uh, you'll recall we applied last cycle um, and we're not one of the nine awardees nationwide, but we did get a debrief with staff um, that was very positive uh, and with a couple of significant changes to the application, we should be well positioned for that grant um, going forward. Um, on the state level, the governor recently signed the state's budget, which includes $5.1 billion in funding for transportation. Funding in the amount of $2 billion was restored for the transit and inner city rail capital program for this fiscal year, which will come to the region through the Metropolitan Transportation Commission by formula based on population. Uh, we look forward to working with the MTC as they review their major project advancement policy framework uh, this fall. It, this is important to help inform how they prioritize barrier projects for funding, which we hope will include allocations for operations of the center as well as matching funds for the portal project itself. 
Finally, the copy of the project labor agreement status report has been provided in your packet, and we continue to thank our labor partners for their continued support of DTX. Um, and if I'd be happy to answer any questions you have on the project or the agency before we turn it over to Ari Walsh to present the facility operations update. Thank you. Directors, any questions? Not seeing any, so let's see what's going on in the park, as well as other places. Good morning, Chair G. I'm Ari Walsh, the Facility Director for the TJPA. I want to say welcome to Director Syed, and uh, thank you so much to uh, Director Shaw for everything you've done. Uh, starting off, uh, some of our popular programs this month include the Rooftop Jazz and Drum Circle, and to highlight our great programs that we've had over the last fiscal year, I'm proud to share that we've uh, offered more than 600, I think it's around 640 different events and programs that are free and available to the public, and uh, just working every day to get the word out on those great free events. Uh, as uh, Director Van de Water had mentioned, we celebrated Pride during the month of June over two weekends. On the 17th of June, we welcomed Un Viaje, uh, who did a drag show and a live music performance. And on the 24th, we celebrated Pride with the pre-Pride Parade Pick and Party in the Park, a Pride Bluegrass and Roots Festival. I practiced that once or twice uh, before saying it, um, but that was also just a very fun, nice, mellow event that we had for the community. Uh, park attendance over the month of, Ju of June was between 200 and around 275. We saw an increase of about 20%, and I do want to clarify that these counts are a point-in-time count. We actually do see far more visitors on a daily basis, but this is when someone goes out and simply counts all the folks in the park. Performances in July, also as Director Van de Water had mentioned, we have Circus Bella's performance called Bananas. They're going to be having two very fun, lively performances, one at noon and one at 2 o'clock, both taking place in Salesforce Amphitheater. Uh, for wayfinding, so I uh, want to say thank you to MTC for their support with Prop AA funds and helping us roll out this uh, new wayfinding application that is going on our interactive kiosks. And so this will be an app where people can see the different bus lines in real time and see what retail tenants uh, are open, what kind of food they've got, as well as uh, commute across the bay and uh, just make it intuitive and easy for people in a transit-centric way. For retail leasing updates, also proud to announce that during fiscal year 22-23, we opened five new restaurants, which has not really been the norm lately, so uh, very, very happy and proud to share that. Uh, speaking of retail leasing, I wanted to give a, a brief market update. I think we're all fairly aware of how the real estate market is doing these days, but I did just want to share some, some items that I use, at least use to help guide my thinking and uh, our strategy when it comes to retail leasing. So uh, we're not doing that great, uh, but as you'll see on this next slide, we are seeing some, some sparks or some chatter in the real estate market with some uptake as, wa as well as some um, increased touring that has been going on in the city. Interestingly, we have things like AI and other companies that are looking to expand. 
And so while the TJPA might be doing fairly well, uh, the market is a, still a bit soft right now. And with that, I conclude my presentation. Happy to answer any questions. All right, thank you. Uh, directors, any questions? <clears throat> Not seeing any, any public comment on the reports. <clears throat> we, we do have one in the audience. At this time, we'll check for a public comment in the room, and we see someone who would like to provide comment. Hi, Jim Patrick, Patrick and Company. Uh, I called your attention this uh, park attendance report. Uh, the gentleman said it's uh, one point in time. I suggest this is all garbage. I counted uh, almost 200 people in 10 minutes at uh, the, the other evening, and there's probably Four, four, five, six thousand, I don't know how many, but to suggest that that's the number of par people in park attendance is just not correct. It's garbage in, garbage out. Thank you. All right. Seeing no other member and uh, member of the public in the room who would like to provide public comment, we'll check online. I do see we have a caller online, but no hand is raised. Give them a moment. Okay. No member of the public online who would like to provide public comment. If I may proceed to your next item. Please. Directors, item six is the Citizen Advisory Committee update. NCAC Chair Brian Larkin is here to address you. Good morning, Chair G. Board members, I'm Brian Larkin, chair of the TJPACAC. The CAC met on Tuesday, and I'm here to tell you about it. Our agenda included the staff report, a presentation by San Francisco County Transportation Authority on the Pennsylvania Avenue Extension Project Facility Operations Update, which you just heard, downtown rail extension, the portal work plan schedule update, and procurement approach which Alfonso is gonna tell you about. He and I have an agreement where I comment and he gives you the facts. Um, Lily Madras Wu provided the staff support on their activities in June. There were no comments or questions from the CAC. The SF County TA presented on the Pennsylvania Avenue extension of the DTX Gateway Project. I asked when the project would be finished. The answer is probably 10 or 15 years after the gateway, the main gateway project is complete. Um, Anthony Nacor asked if there would be an express, that is a third track. Brian Shaw asked if the 22nd Street Station could be underground. And finally, Paul Bendix asked if there would be near-term access improvements to the station as handicapped access is difficult in its current configuration. <clears throat> Excuse me, Ari Walsh gave his monthly report on facility operations. Natasha Patterson asked why the office space rentals were still low given in the area, I should say, not necessarily in the facility itself, but given that more office workers are coming back to work at least for several days a week. Um, finally, Alfonso Rodriguez gave the DTX work plan up work plan update, which included the likely project delivery methods for the three main components of the portal project. 
Ryan Shaw asked if a contract is issued to a bidder, but NTP is that is notice to proceed for that contract is delayed. Will a contractor will still be able to guarantee its bid price? And I'll let Alfonso talk about that. I suggested that during the request for qualification process that the TJPA review in its process of reviewing the RFQ, part the, re the responses to the re request for qualifications, carefully review whether the contractors that are proposing have a history of giving, making big and frequent construction claims. That can, frequent construction claims and contractors who are prone to doing that can make a good project be less enjoyable than a big, big hurry. Um, and, and that's it. I won't be here for your August meeting, but the other younger Brian will be here. That's Brian Shaw. And in my instead, I'm sure you'll find his report every bit as interesting as mine. So I hope you all have a good summer. I'll look forward to seeing you in September. Thank you, Committee Chair, uh, CAC Chair Larkin. Directors, any questions on the CAC report? I'm not seeing any, any public comment. We'll check the room now for public comment. Seeing no member of the public in the room, we will check online. All right, we do have a caller online, but their hand is not raised. So with that, that concludes public comment. Thank you. Have a great summer. We'll see you in September. I'll look forward Thank to you. it. Next item, please. Uh, Chair G, if I may, prior to calling the next item, I would just like to note that Vice Chair Mandelman has um, joined us today. Thank you. And with that, I will go ahead and call item seven. Directors, item seven is public comment, an opportunity for members of the public to address the authority on matters that are not on today's calendar. At this time, I'll check the room. We have a member of the public in the room who would like to provide comment. Hi, Jim Patrick again, uh, Patrick and Company. I wanna talk, up, I, we skipped over this um, uh, labor agreement. The labor agreement, as a matter of policy, this board has agreed to pay the highest price of any labor. That's had two effects. It's driven the cost up for the, TJ, uh, for the transit center, and it's driven the cost up for the tenant improvements. I figure the labor, now, now we're gonna go to another big project, 2.3 billion, whatever that number turns out to be. We've already agreed to pay the highest price for labor. Why would we do that? You ought to negotiate this. You should not have this policy in place. I estimate that the labor cost is probably gonna be 90% of the cost. Overhead, 5%. Risk factor, 3%. Profit, 2%. We're gonna go out for a bid when we already know we're gonna pay the highest price. Doesn't make sense unless you want to, you either want to drive for the lowest cost or you want to drive for the best management of the existing labor pool. That's an alternative or approach. Uh, so I suggest, uh, I, I argued against this way back when, when this policy was adopted many years ago. I continue to argue against this as being the wrong policy. Why pay the highest price for labor 
and then have a journeyman for five people versus one person. Uh, what's it? It was a five five journeyman for one apprentice. Makes poor sense. Thank you. Thank you. Now we'll check online for public comment. Seeing none online, that concludes public comment. I may call your next item. Please. Directors, item eight is approval of the June 8th, 2023 meeting minutes. And at this time I will check for pub. Oh, at this time I will check for public comment in the room. Seeing none, I will check online. No public comment online. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I will go ahead and call roll for the approval of the, oh, sorry. All right, thank you. Uh, directors, item for action, is there a motion to approve? I make a motion to approve. I'll second. Thank you, Director Forbes. Thank you, Director John Baptiste. Second. Okay. Roll call, please. Thank you, Chair G. Uh, Director Forbes? Aye. Forbes, aye. Director Lipkin? Uh, abstain, I wasn't here for the meeting. Director Lip Lipkin, abstain. Um, Director John Baptiste? Aye. John Baptiste, aye. Director Syed? I'll abstain, because I wasn't here. Okay. Director, um, pardon me, Syed, abstain. Director Tumlin? Aye. Tumlin, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman? Aye. Mandelman, aye. And Chair G? Yes. G, aye. This item is approved. Directors, I will go ahead and call your next item. Item nine is authorizing the executive director to execute a professional services agreement with Stantec Consulting Incorporated to provide archaeology services relating to phase two of the Transbay program, now known as the portal, for a five-year base term with option to extend the term for up to three additional one-year terms in an amount not to exceed $1,192,525 for the base term. We have Anna Harvey, TJPA DTX Deputy. Deputy Project Director here to address you. Good morning, Chair G, Vice Chair Mandelman, Directors. Welcome, Director Said. Um, this morning, this item before you is to authorize the professional services agreement uh, for a five-year base term with the option to extend for three additional one-year terms in the amount noted previously. Uh, a little bit of background, and I don't have a slide deck for you today. Prior to commencement of demolition of any assets, including our Enabling Works Building Demolition Package, and prior to commencement of construction, TJPA is going to require investigations, reporting, and monitoring services associated with archaeological, paleontolo paleontological, historical, and cultural resources. Selection for these professional services was planned to be completed within this year of 2023. Accordingly, TJPA issued the RFP back in November of last year. In January, we received seven proposals meeting the minimum qualifications. Upon a thorough review of all submitted materials and the completion of reference checks, the selection committee determined that Stantec was the highest ranked proposer. Stantec's team will be led by project manager Elisa Reynolds, who is in attendance today. Thank you, Elisa. Um, that team includes staff who've supported projects in downtown San Francisco previously, throughout the Bay Area, in Los Angeles, as well as in the Central Valley. 
Their subcontractors include LSA Associates, Alta Archaeological Consulting, and Acme Archaeological Consultants, LLC. That latter two are both registered uh, SBE firms, and thus the contract's anticipated SBE utilization goal of 14.6% will exceed TJPA's SBE goal of 10%. The selection committee report is included in the packet, and with that brief report, I'm available for any questions. Very good. Thank you very much for your presentation. Directors, any questions? Not seeing any. Public comment? I'll check for a public comment in the room. Seeing none in the room, I will check online. No public comment online. Thank you. This item for action. Board, what would you like to do? I'll move the item. Tumlin. Thank you, Director Tumlin. Is there a second? Second. Thank you, Director Lipkin. Roll call vote, please. Thank you. Director Forbes. Aye. Forbes, aye. Director John Baptiste. Aye. John Baptiste, aye. Director Lipkin. Aye. Lipkin, aye. Director Syed. Aye. Syed, aye. Director Tumlin. Aye. Tumlin, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. And Chair G. Yes. G, aye. This item is approved. I'll move on to your next item. Directors, item 10 is the um, SF Peninsula Rail Program ESC Committee update. Michelle Bouchard, ESC Chair, will provide the update, followed by Alfonso Rodriguez, TJPA Project Director for the portal, who will provide the status on the schedule. Good morning, Chair G, directors. First of all, I really do want to welcome Director Syed and... Um, Director Shaw, I'm glad to hear you're not going to be going far. I'm sure we'll be talking with my Caltrain hat on fairly soon at the MTC. Um, to give you an update as to where we're at with the Executive Steering Committee, on the 21st, we'll be discussing the governance blueprint, which describes a recommendation for a new governance approach for the procurement, pre-construction, construction, and commissioning phases of the portal. Um, this blueprint will guide the preparation of a new MOU uh, which will be amongst all of the port portal partner agencies to succeed the existing SF Peninsula Rail MOU that has governed the project during the procurement readiness work program. Um, it really has led to, uh, I think, great success in terms of us adhering to what was a pretty aggressive, accelerated work schedule. So I think I want to congratulate all of the portal partners for really adhering to what will get us to a, a an amazing milestone, we believe, next month in which um, we're looking to submit with this board's approval an updated capital and operating funding plan and supporting documentation to request FTA funding through the Capital Investment Grant New Starts program. Um, so with that, I'm done with my very brief comments. I'm going to hand it over to Alfonso, who um, will talk a little bit more about the blueprint process and timing. Here we go. Thank you, Chair G. Uh, board members, I wanted to, as I typically do, uh, illustrate those items that will be appearing before this board in the coming months. As Chair uh, Bouchard pointed out, um, next month is going to be a busy month. And I have to tell you, as I've done before, August has been in our minds for many years, and it's already next month. 
why August is important is because, as uh, Chair Bouchard pointed out, that's when we plan on resubmitting all the documentation that this board approved and we submitted to the FTA back in February. Since then, we've had a risk assessment workshop as part of the grant process that evaluated uh, a number of factors. The resubmission that will be presented before the board next month reflects those updates and allows the FTA to complete their evaluation, which will lead to a rating and gets us in line for a funding request. Uh, we also have next month, though, an interim agreement with Caltrain. Uh, we've talked before about a master cooperative agreement with Caltrain, our initial operator. We have still quite a bit of work to do uh, on that. It is not required by FTA guidelines at this time. However, the existing agreements are starting to expire, and the interim agreement would provide a framework and a funding mechanism and, and mutual agreement for those activities that we are engaged in now and plan to continue to engage in the coming months to progress the project leading up to the point in time where we expect to have an MCA before this board. Uh, later in the year and after our submission uh, next month, uh, contingent upon board's approval, uh, there doesn't seem to be items listed before the board in the coming months. However, there's a lot of work that happens. However, in November, we will ask the board to convene a public hearing that is a requirement um, after we publicly post the relocation plan. Also in November, we expect to, um, and I know it says governance blueprint, but I actually believe we, we will have the actual governance MOU available for board's consideration. Because as you heard, the ESC will be considering it later this month. Anyway, that concludes the present, my presentation on upcoming events. Um, I'd be happy to answer any questions. Thank you very much for the report. I think this is a reminder that to the extent we can, we all should be here in August to take a look at all these items coming forward to us. Any other questions or comments or thoughts, directors? Michelle, before we forget and take public comment, I think there's an event on July 29th at Deardon Station for the public. You want to mention that? Because, <clears throat> I mean, this is what this part of it is all about, so... <clears throat> Um, and, and this is a first of a series of events, um, but I hope many of you will travel to the far south in San Jose. Uh, on the 29th, we'll be bringing out two of our new electric multiple unit sets. These are the trains that soon will be serving the portal. Um, we have got a bunch of other activities that are going to happen down there. We, uh, we thought there would be some excitement about the vehicles and unveiling them, which, by the way, should be traveling to the station under the traction power that has recently been installed there. Yay. Um, but uh, we've, we're now close to 2,500 RSVPs, and so now starting to get a little bit scared, but that's fine. <laughs> we'll, you know, we'll deal with it. But uh, like I said, if you're not available to uh, come to see us on the 29th, we'll be announcing a series of events. One will be in San Francisco for sure. Um, but really appreciate the reminder. Thanks, Chargy. They're beautiful trains, and I hope the public and everyone takes the opportunity to see them. Yes, very good. Thank you. Thank you. Any public comment? I'll check for public comment in the room. Seeing none in the room, we do have a caller online who would like to provide public comment. Hi, caller. Please state your name, and your two minutes begin now. Uh, good morning, uh, Director. This is uh, Roland Trebran in San Jose. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, 
with regards to the um, the master agreement, um, I think you will be pleased to learn that Caltrain with I'm hearing background noise again. The Caltrain was successful in securing funding for an $85 million um, battery uh, electric multiple unit, BEMU, as it's known. Uh, and I believe that this appropriation in turn should eliminate the need, still getting background noise, should eliminate the need for the TGPA to fund an additional train for $60 million. And that should be removed from the agreement. Now, with regards to the FTA, I think the board needs to be aware that the FTA have raised some serious concern about the, the ridership of the extension moving forward. And we have multiple problems now. First of all, as you know, the high-speed rail authority will not be coming to the transit center anytime soon. Caltrain, instead of running eight trains, are now proposing to run whole trains through the extension, and then for some very bizarre reason, having an additional two trains terminating at Fort and King. And at this point in time, I think we've got a real problem, and we need to revisit our you know, strategic uh, partnerships. Um, on the high-speed rail authority, there's nothing statute that says that we cannot have a high-speed rail authority, uh, uh, high rail operator uh, coming into the into the terminal. It doesn't have to be the California high-speed rail authority. You're going to find um, in the, in the LA. Um, Caltrain. There are some issues there. I brought this up before. If you use your iPhone right now and you set your destination to the family registration, Google will flat tell you to take a bus to Berryville and then take a bus to Deridon. That's a problem that needs to be addressed. Is the reason why people are taking bus instead of a, a campaign to, to go to San Francisco. And last but not least, we have to advance our relationship with 2021 because. Thank you, Looking caller. Forward. Your two minutes have stopped. Thank you. All right. Seeing no other public comment online, Chair G, if I may proceed to the next this item. This was an information item, so thank you. So call our next item, please. Great. Thank you. Directors, item 11 is presentation of the downtown rail extension slash the portal procurement approach. Alfonso Rodriguez, TJPA project director for the portal is here to address you. Uh, good morning again. Uh, in this presentation, I'll be providing a view of our progressed project approach, a procurement approach, excuse me, for the portal project based on the contract packaging and delivery method adopted by this board in July of last year. So developing our construction procurement documents is a multi-step process and with the engagement, and we've had had the engagement of IPMT along the way. As previously presented to the board, the project delivery alternative study utilized a risk-based approach to narrow the various contract packaging and delivery method options to those adopted by the board last summer. Now, next, in an implementation roadmap was developed to identify contract management and coordination activities required to successfully implement the delivery approach. Following that, we developed a procurement plan and a contract model that supports and uh, helps us develop the RFQs and RFPs and the actual construction contracts. 
Now, we're currently completing the contract model, which serves as a framework for those solicitation and contract documents, and we are presently supported by the advice of Construction Council in that effort. So briefly, the adopted delivery methods um, include a design-bid-build approach for the early works contract that includes site demolition and utility relocation. We're working with Caltrain to develop an appropriate method um, and oversight structure for the site clearing and relocation work required for the portal project at the Caltrain 4th and King site. The construction manager general contractor approach will be used for track systems and station fit-out in a progressive design-build contract for the largest element of the portal project, the heavy civil works uh, that include tunneling and station excavation. So listed are our procurement objectives and they're used to provide uh, guidance to the team in developing our contract model and documents. And they range from ensuring market interest, having a transparent process, managing risk, and ensuring equity and value. So in our contract model, we examined elements of uh, the procurement processes and contract documents from a, um, a multiple of, of um, I'm sorry, excuse me. Yeah. The procurement team evaluated a number of compar um, comparative projects that informed our contract development work, and they included several examples of progressive design build construction manager and general contractor delivery methods. I'd like to point out though that although a progressive design build is not new in the construction industry for delivery of large and complex infrastructure projects, it is relatively new in the transit industry. We also looked at the San Francisco Central Subway project which was used, that had used a design build approach, though it differs slightly from a progressive project development approach that we will be employing. So in our contract model, we examine elements of a procurement process and contract documents. Listed are just a few of those applicable to our procurement objectives, and we'll look at some of those more closely in the next few slides. So we, our um, overall effort had us land at a two-step procurement process where we will first employ um, and identify qualified teams through a request for qualifications process. Then in step two, we will use a request for proposal um, to the qualified teams, and I'll go into those two steps in a little bit more detail here in the next couple of slides. So the overall evaluation will be based on a contractor team qualification, their technical proposal, and an interview. Scores from step one will be determined and added to those in step two where we will evaluate the technical proposal, conduct the interview, and um, examine the form of a price proposal. In step one, qualifications will, will consider the history and the experience of these firms, their key personnel, their overall management approach and SBE participation, as well as a number of other considerations. In step two, we'll review the technical proposal, which will include a design management plan. Um, as the board may know, in the progressive design build contract, they will bring the engineer to progress our final design. It'll also look at a systems integration plan for the CMGC track and systems contract, 
and an installation plan for the CMGC station finishing contract. We'll also examine the respective construction management plans and risk management strategies. The approach to the subcontracting packaging, as well as ideas for optimizing project schedule. And as I said, in this step, we'll be conducting an interview. So here's our procurement schedule. And as I mentioned, we're developing our procurement packages. We anticipate to release the first RFQ for the progressive design build contract towards the end of this calendar year. And our construction manager general contractor uh, solicitation will follow, first with an RFQ for track and systems next year in the spring, and then a station fit out towards the end of next year. I should point out that our plan to issue actual construction notice to proceed will occur after we obtain our full funding grant agreement, which is expected in the spring of 2025. So as I mentioned, we're shifting uh, to the remaining elements of the procurement development process, which includes uh, developing the solicitation and contract documents for the progressive design build and CMGC contracts. And that concludes my presentation. I'm available to answer any questions you might have. Alfonso, thank you. Directors, questions, thoughts, comments? Forbes. I have a question, Chair G. Alfonso, how will prior performance be considered in this process? Is that in the quals part or the, the Q or the P? So we, we do look at elements of their um, under step one. Okay. So we do look at history. Um, we, we, for obvious reasons, are looking at step one to establish a benchmark of qualified firms. So their history, interview, I mean, um, conducting references mm -hmm. occur in that step. Because step two becomes pretty engaged, requires more investment time for all of us. So yes, step one. And then cost, it's, it's a factor in the proposals, but it's not determinative? Right. So the cost, I mentioned elements of a proposal. We are looking to get, um, you know, what, what their margins are expected to be, their overhead. You know, the, 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 the value of a progressive development is that we, we cost the project together. We mm -hmm. progress the design together. So you can negotiate price after a selection? Yes. But there are elements of cost that we consider under the technical proposal phase step two, which are their fixed costs, like mostly. Um, Director Lipkin, then Director Tumlin. Uh, thanks, Alfonso, for the presentation. And I think generally progressing in towards uh, a good set of procurements. The, the question I wanted to ask was more on the contract management side of things, uh, and this is an issue that I know we've experienced with having multiple contracts out there, is having enough contract management resources to actually oversee the work that's, that's happening. I know this is also part of some of the after recommendations of sort of what's needed to actually deliver this project. So do you feel like you have enough contract management resources and agency staff to oversee the multiple procurements and then actually contracts and the support contracts that come with them. So you're going to have, you know, your <coughs> theological, your right of way, et cetera. You know, lots of knock-on uh, different contracts that all have to work together. Yeah. You have the tools that you need to actually manage all that. Well, you're right to point out that it is an intensive effort. And um, right now, we're supported through the staffing supplementation services of the um, program management program controls consultant, and um, they are bringing us the resources to help prepare this heavy procurement work. And um, though that this board may be aware that that contract expires uh, next summer. 
So we've actually begun the solicita solicitation for the uh, successor contract. That contract is known as the Program Management Construction Management Services contract. And as this board directed us, we um, advanced that solicitation so that we had sufficient overlap period uh, after that consultant's team is selected. It is that team that further expands our bandwidth and our capability to complete the procurement process to advance design along with our general engineering consultant uh, with the selected contractors and then the, the construction management resources that are quite intensive for a project this size. So those are coming to us in a new contract that, that we hope to present to you uh, next year, in the beginning of next year. Okay, I mean, I think it's good to have the consultant resources on board. I guess I would just say it's also really important to have agency personnel at the end of the day making the decisions around these very large contracts. Right. Um, and so I don't know what the solution is to that question, but um, I would just keep making that point, <laughs> if nothing else. Stan, thank you. Thank you. Director Tumlin. Uh, Alfonso, thank you for uh, having taken the hard lessons SFMTA has learned on the Central Subway project to heart. Um, our Central Subway team continues to be available uh, to help guide you uh, both from our successes as well as the mistakes that we made. Uh, my question is really building upon Director Forbes's question about references. Um, often in the consulting and contractor world, uh, contractors will have a handful of very good references that they put forward uh, as their total references. Uh, I wonder if we have a way of being able to check all references for projects over a certain time period, um, and particularly um, uh, explore their experience on all of their local work? Um, well, thank you. We are still developing our contract documents. I'll bring that back to the procurement team. We, we meet, meet weekly, and um, I'll be sure to challenge the team to figure out a way to do that. I certainly see the point. Executive Director Van Water. Directors, this is a good time to plug an open position that we have actively out in the market for a budget and procurement manager. So we will be having that uh, position. It is outlisted. We are seeking qualified applicants. So all those out there listening who have good friends with good talent in that field, please send them our direction because that is a, an important internal position, particularly as we start developing this documentation. Thank you. Director Tumlin, any other questions at this time? Um, any other? Oh, I'm sorry, Director John Baptiste. Thank you. Um, I had a couple of questions around personnel qualifications and also the approach to subcontracting. Uh, oftentimes, the team that delivers the bid and is part of the interview process is not the team that actually performs the work. And it also occurs to me that it could be challenging to have assurances of long-term commitments from any individual people. And so I'm hoping you can talk a little bit about how yep. you're evaluating personnel. And then with the subcontracting, I'm curious whether you're looking at kind of going in the same direction as Director Tumlin, past experience of contractors with subcontractors and how that has worked out for different pairings um, as is being proposed in, in the in the materials that they're putting forward? Well, those excellent questions. Um, having to do with key personnel and, and continuity, uh, these are active conversations that we're having and trying to put ways to put our intent and, and bind the contractor the extent we can in the contract documents. 
Um, we do intend to have the contractors and their team, you know, because they bring the engineer record with them, uh, identifying their key personnel, and um, we will interview them. And then we need to seek ways to ensure their continued support on the program. Uh, and there are various contractual ways to do our best to ensure that, some of which can involve penalties, you know, if, if people are reviewed, um, comparable replacement. We do look, though, for uh, successes, successive succession planning. This is a long-term contract. And so even in our um, PMCM solicitation, we are just like that one. In addition to the key personnel, we do intend to ask for a development program that ensures if something unexpected happens, that we've got continuity through the program through somebody that's already experienced and just coming up through the organization. So there are elements of the um, succession planning that we intend to employ. You talked about other things, though, um, though that first one is, is kind of a tough one to ensure. Um, other projects have experiences with uh, firms and subcontracting firms that are owned, you know, or subsidiaries of the prime. So we are looking at ways to ensure that, you know, we have a transparent and equitable um, process and participation by subcontractors, but we're also looking at uh, ownership relationships, too, that can sometimes challenge programs. Um, but um, we will be looking at a subcontracting um, plan during stage one, but that we get into stage two, uh, we go a little deeper. And we really try to understand how they manage their subcontractors. Um, it's probably a little bit more complicated under the CMGC contracts um, than the PDB, the Progressive Design Build, but yet the concept is the same. And so um, I'm telling you that there are a lot of considerations that the team is going through in this contract model, and we you know, intend to be as clear and transparent to the offerers when the first RFQ comes, including a term sheet, because not only do we need to ensure that we have the right contractors, we also want to um, um, attract the best contractors out there. I mean, they're also gonna choose what projects are they gonna bid on, and we want the very best. So I think that transparency helps in that decision. Thank you. Other questions, directors? Directors, if I may add one, one more piece, which is we've actively solicited some of those hard-fought lessons learned from our stakeholder partners on the IPMT and the ESC um, and through the MTC and others, and that spans both transportation projects that might have similar excavation and tunneling um, work, but also those that are not in the transportation sector that have done progressive design build or CMGC-type contracts. And so open invitation to each of you as uh, directors on the board and all members of the public if you're aware of best practices, examples, or even those that didn't go well that are lessons learned and red flags to avoid, then please bring them to our attention because we are very much in that information gathering mode and want to make sure that we bring success to this project. Thank you. Yeah, my <clears throat> comments, Alfonso, thank you. Um, just some, some clarifying questions. Um, just kind of working backwards with some of the questions. I, I think inquiring about a succession plan is is a good part of the process, as well as being critical about past experience, past projects, particularly in the region within California, are critical. The hard part, because it is, as you say, a long-term project, 
I think the succession plan is critical. I've seen contracts where there are liquidated damages for the contractor if they change people. We don't want an A team at the interview and then get the C team in the field. But at the same time, this takes a lot of different people and the owner, the owner's organization has a responsibility for continuity also, uh, as well as the PMCM. I mean, if, if the owner's team changes, the PMCM team changes, and the general contractor's team changes, that's a recipe for disaster. So how do we ensure continuity about the big team so that decisions that are being made in 2025 carry over to 2030 and people remember? And that's hard when you look at, you know, I don't know what the number would be, but maybe a few hundred people involved in that process once we snap the ball. So having that succession plan and being fair and transparent, I think are critical. And then pre-qualifying based on recent experience is absolutely a must. In your presentation, I just want to kind of distinguish a couple different things. When you talk about evaluation and proposals, on design bid build, we don't get to do as much. The early works project compared to progressive design build and CMGC, we, 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 I mean, price is a bigger factor in, in a design bid build procurement versus the other two models, is that correct? Absolutely. Design bid build is all about price. You know, price. And so that's where the pre-qualifications can be more important to make sure you have the right pool to get the price from. With regard to the CMGC and the um, PDB procurement, are we going to include a target price? Uh, uh, we've been talking about that. In the, um, we will have certainly our internal estimate. Whether we disclose that in the solicitation, we haven't decided upon that just yet. Is that your question, or will yeah. just something? <clears throat> I mean, I don't. I think we. I think the, the team should give some serious thought to, to at least a target price rather than just leave it a blank number. For, for public disclosure or for just to have in hand? For the or, procurement. Yeah. It's right. not a blank check. We can't no. go through and say whatever the number comes in. I think there should be a target price as well as maybe points for you know getting closer to the target price rather than going through a process. And by the way, it's not $3 billion, it's 10 yeah, there. So there's some thought to that. I thank you for that. We have been talking about it. I mean, there are pros and cons, um, but the pros are, as you say, you don't want to select in step two a contractor and then go through the pricing process and just be on opposite ends of the ledger. It just doesn't work. <clears throat> and, um, and if it's uncomfortable giving a number, perhaps a range, right, is and a, that, a different way to go. Again, um, something that we've been talking about. Thanks for pointing it out. Very good. And then this is probably a good time for a commercial announcement from our general counsel about what we can and cannot do as board members, given these major procurements. So Deborah, can you just do a quick reminder to us about if companies approach us, what we should not do? <laughs> <laughs> for inquiring. So under the TJPA's procurement policy, there is a strict limit on communications with prospective bidders at the time that the RFP or the invitation for bid is released. So that is your hard deadline. Once that is released, um, no communications except through the formal designated channels under the procurement documents. Um, and we will give you notice um, when those um, 
procurement documents the release so you know with great certainty what that deadline is and can track that closely. Um, so that is our, our hard recommendation to you. Very good. Well, thank you for that. And thanks for the reminder because I don't know if we've all re re memorized the procurement policy in our head. So um, I think a memo at the appropriate time to the board members is a, is, is a good step. Directors, any other questions on this information item? <clears throat> Not seeing any. Public comment? All right. Thank you, Chair G. I'll check the room for public comment. Seeing none in the room, we do have a caller online who would like to provide public comment. Hi, caller. Please state sure. your name and your two minutes begin now. Um, thank you, Chair G. Everyone to Brian San Jose. Um, thank you for your comments. Um, one thing I would like to see in the um, PDB uh, proposal, it's an opportunity for the proposal to come up with a completely different value engineer solution that will be able to deliver the connection to the transit center at a fraction of the cost of the project currently proposed by the TJPA. With regards to other projects, I absolutely agree with Director Tomlin that you must have a closer look at the central subway, which delivered the tunnels on time and on budget in eight months for $280 million, not $7 billion. I also encourage you to consider either attending or watching remotely the Brightline workshop organized by the High Speed Rail Authority on September 21st. I believe it'll be probably in the San Diego um, area. But in closing, I want to warn you about this cost getting out of control. If you include the Pennsylvania Avenue extension, we're now looking at $1 billion. This is a carbon copy of what happened to High Speed 2 in the UK. And this morning, the chief executive was terminated after six years on the job, which is approximately one year longer than Mr. Kelly for the High Speed Rail Authority. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Seeing no other caller online who would like to provide public comment. Directors, that concludes the business before Great. you today. Well, thank you. thank you. Directors, thank you for your time today. That does conclude our business. This, the next month's meeting won't be this short. <laughs> Bring your coffee, but uh, enjoy the gift of time. Meeting adjourned, and we will see you at our August meeting. Thank you.